Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Oh, say Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Yes, the church needs to rise. It is past time for the church to rise. Whoever told you that it was not polite... It was naughty. It was dirty for you to talk about faith and politics in the same sentence. It's almost like an unmentionable. They lied. <laughs> Don't believe me? Look around the world. Look around this country. I want to talk about something quickly today. I'm talk about Matthew 6.33 and as it pertains to the landscape in which we find ourselves on now. Um, from a geopolitical uh, spectrum. Okay, from from that standpoint, I am still performing triage because this election has been comparable to a nuclear bomb of biblical proportion, not only here in the United States, but across the globe. It's actually been a blessing for people across the globe on one hand, because if they see that our light has been temporarily dimmed, if you will, the way that their lights have been dimmed for generations, it births something in people who were birthed in the spirit of the living God of liberty. You know, it's kind of like being dependent upon something and you and you constantly look to something as well, as long as they're okay, you know, there's still hope for us, we're okay. I think what's happening is people around the globe are looking at us going, well, damn, if it can happen to them, we know it's been happening to us, but we've been globalized to the point where, you know, all of Europe has become basically, um, you know, a refugee crisis. Can you imagine? I'm so proud of Brexit. I've got Brexit in my head because I'm so upset with Candace Owens at the moment. I'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, but Brexit, really? You know, I honestly I supported it from day one. Caused me a lot of problems with friends and pundits alike. But what else is new? <clears throat> Excuse me. But I never felt like I felt like the temporary setback of the ultimate liberation was worth it. They should have never gotten in bed with your globalist elitists to begin with. But most people don't know what's coming for them until it hits them. And and what happens is the enemy of freedom convinces nations that uh, love means homogenization. Love means lack of sovereignty. Love means no borders. Love means everyone looks the same, believes the same, sounds the same. And why is that? Because there are a few people placed in this earth, mm, 
probably rough, roughly eight, who in families and dynasties who have been placed in this earth, who are completely emboldened by uh, Satan's kingdom in this earth. You're going to have to get honest about that and realize that this is not religious speak. This is just what it is. Because who else would industrialize the trafficking of human beings? I'm not talking about slavery in the sense of the Jews being enslaved for 400 years, that type of slavery, which God actually sanctioned. I'm going to take this opportunity to remind us all of that. He told them, this is what's coming, and I'm going to tell you why. I warned you, but you didn't want to believe me. And now you have intermingled to the point where my principles of liberation, my kingdom coming in the earth, my will being done in the earth has been usurped and thwarted by your disobedience, my chosen people, and here we go. And it's going to suck, but I'm still going to be there for you, and inevitably I will deliver you because I'm not man that I should lie, and here we go. Okay, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sickening, vile, demonic. I can't, there's There aren't enough adjectives either in Webster's or the Urban Dictionary, for the love of God, to describe the level of reprobation that the enemy's kingdom lives on within probably, again, I'll say about eight dynasties and and, and the industrial complex of human sex trafficking beginning with infants across this globe. There's no, there's no adequate way to describe the level of evil that it takes to exercise that type of an industrial complex. And it is an industrial complex. I mean, we thought oil, we thought, you know, oil was worth going over and fighting for. And how many of you are now realizing that some of the wars that you fought in, you're starting to question the legitimacy of them because things are being revealed about the dastardly deeds of people who are cloaked behind the letter R. Not only the letter D, which anyone who's relatively sane and decent can look at someone with a D behind their name, especially as of recent years, and go, what the hell? How do you murder a child at birth and call that some type of choice? What? Right. No, that's not partial birth abortion. It's murder. Plain and simple, right? And Republicans love to hide themselves wrapped up in the pro-life movement because that's the ultimate balance on the scales of, of righteousness and holiness, right? Life, of course it is. In the meantime, I have a state legislature full of pedophile-friendly individuals on the right. How do I know? Because I testified before them. And I know with whom it is they sleep, financially and otherwise. What is it that leads a nation to continue to worship at the feet of Baal? I'll tell you. Avarice. Mammon. You've heard it, Matthew 6.33. You cannot worship two masters, for you will bow down to one, and you will reject the other. Might I submit to you that you turn on your evening news or your crap mainstream media garbage dump that I've encouraged you not to tune into on any level, but if you're curious as to whether or not what I'm saying is true and whether or not the Bible is applicable 
this particular scripture literature is in and life precept, right, is applicable, just turn on your evening news. You don't have to be a Christian. I don't really care what you believe, but you but you cannot deny the fact that for nations to industrialize the sale and sexualization of our children, there's something it's not just about economics. It is Ephesians 6 and 12. It is something that has been shaped in the heavenlies. I will ascend my throne above yours, and he does it every day in the earth. And you know how he does it? Through things like the industrialization of sexualizing our children. And he also does it through apathy. He does it through demoralizing you, the voter, to the point where you feel what some of my listeners are referring to as despondent. And I get it. I get it, honey. I get it. I, I, I read your comments and my heart aches, but I got to tell you, it's also fuel for me because I know I was born for such a time as this. I am a woman fashioned in war. Nothing about my life has been easy. So I don't normally cower in the face of war. I have had my Gideon moments like the rest of you, or I'm like, I don't know, God, I don't know. Right. Are you sure that's you? I'm going to need like five. It's amazing how, you know, in my dating life, I'm like, okay, I'll pray to God later. Right. Cause he's super cute and he's, you know, really smart. <laughs> and, uh, he's a Republican. Not that that matters these days, but, um, he's a Christian, you know, all those things that we do <laughs> 22 years of widowhood. I've made every excuse in the world to date plenty of devils. Okay. And, but when it comes to, uh, you know, my personal life, that's one thing. Whenever it comes to stepping into battle for you, I rarely, um, I rarely doubt when God has called me to something, when he's called me to open my mouth and speak to darkness and speak truth to lies. When I see that some of you are despondent, I hold the keys to the kingdom of heaven in the bones of my body because God gave them to me 22 years ago when he saved my life and open the scriptures to me. That does not mean that I have arrived, that I have met, you know, I'm at the ascent, the ascension mountain of, you know, the uh, pinnacle of my understanding. No, I reserve the right to change, which is what I've encouraged you to allow President Trump to do. I know some of you, you holy ones, love to make fun of two Corinthians, right? But in the scales of republicanism, and as it relates to sin and reprobation in this world, when you can turn your eye from an election that is the equivalency of a rape on a national level, and I can say that because I'm a woman who's been raped. So you can't shame me and silence me to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm being insensitive. No, this is exactly what it's like. If you read the comments and received the emails that I do from people, you would understand that that analogy is spot on. People feel as if they believed, they believed that God heard them. They believe they heard God. They believed in the promises made and promises kept because they saw it. You know, they weren't living in a wonderland of, you know, we saw the economy. We saw the reach into the black communities to provide for opportunities that were not there before. 
We saw people released from prison who had no business being there to begin with. We saw reform. We saw our international standing placed back in its proper order as it relates to our proper order in the earth, according to the author of Liberty. But what we didn't want to see was how sickening the root ball of all of this is. When President Trump said, I'm going to drain the swamp, we thought it was a fantastic, yeah, get him. It was a great mantra. That's what we thought. We can get behind that. Drain it. Get them. But we weren't prepared for what that was going to entail. And I submit to you that this crucible that we are enduring as a nation is something we needed to endure. If I have to endure 45,000 fake executive orders on behalf of a straw administration, if I have to endure challenging and checking my own psyche in terms of, okay, hold on, where's the cognitive dissonance here? And am I falling into that too? What's real? What's not? I mean, you think because I'm a commentator, I haven't stopped to go, hold on. Was she wearing those shoes at the inauguration? I do know deep fakes are real. CGI is too. That does actually look like a set. His paper does look blank. He doesn't even look like Joe Biden. (laughs) Is this real? What did the president mean whenever he said, the best is yet to come? What does it mean whenever elites, socialites, people who have leveraged the darkness in order to propagate darkness jump from tall buildings? What what does it mean whenever young people of certain affluence die of a heart attack at 50-something without prior heart disease? What does it mean when good men and women who are attempting to uncover the plethora of fraud surrounding this election and many other things, not just this election? You can back that thing up. Go way back. Go back to 9-11. Go back to before 9-11. And good men and women who are investigating things following leads, they just all of a sudden decide they're tired of living. Does that make sense to you? I question those things too. So do you. I'm not an investigative journalist. I'm a commentator. I do ask questions. I'm a minister. I'm trained to ask and listen and to survey the landscape. I'm also a diplomatic relations. I wouldn't call myself a specialist, but it is a gift. I'm not an expert in anything but my life, so let's get that clear. But one thing God has fashioned in me is a passion for people. And whenever I see you all struggling with the cognitive dissonance, with not knowing what's real, with feeling as though you have just been violated on the most fundamental level possible, the most sacred thing we have ever held as, as our sacred, it's almost like communion in this country, is our vote, right? And you, most of you who are not rhinos, who are not compromised, who are not part of, you know, the never Trump brigade, who are not reprobate, who are not holier than thou, and thinking that the scales of turning your eyes from what's really going on in this world across the globe with regard to our children as an industrial sexualized complex, those of you who turn your eyes on that, who turn your eyes away from the swamp that absolutely needs to be drained and all of the compromising going on in my state of Georgia, 
you somehow think you're going to get a pass because you champion abortion bills? No, you're not. When you allow a Chinese Communist Party, I don't care if it was the Leprechaun Communist Party, to come into the state of Georgia and in the country at large, but I live in Georgia, so this is my concern, and, and make our ports unsafe. There's no, there's no oversight in the Savannah port. Who, who, who's in bed with whom? Have you done your research? How leveraged are we exactly with regard to our municipal bonds? Who holds the debt to Georgia? Who holds fields Thousands upon tens of thousands of acreage in the state of Georgia, because he who owns the land owns the state pumpkin. They're not making any more land. Why do you think Lynn and my others have been saying, hey, you want to know what to do? Coalesce. Get out and start get your cash together. I'm not talking about going into into debt. For God's sake, stay the hell away from Bank of America. I'm talking about you guys. There were two young ladies in the in the spirit of Black Lives Matter, I will say, as far as my understanding goes, who purchased, who put their money together and purchased land, and they thought they were going to create their own little Wakanda somewhere down in middle Georgia. Good luck with that. But they thought, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to buy land and create our own city. We're, you know, we're tired of this mess. I hear you, girls. We are too. And when I say we, I'm talking about patriots, black, white, pink, yellow, Christian, Muslim, doesn't matter. People who are liberty-loving-minded individuals are tired of the corruption that we see. Your leaders, on the other hand, are not. People in positions of authority who get to fundamentally decide about your vote do not give a damn. I'm getting ready to go speak to probably 200 Republican women of the ones who will actually listen because I was booted and banned from another sect of the never Trump cabal here in Cobb County, which is totally fine with me because I have learned not to cast my pearls before the swine. So for all of you pearl clutchers out there, I'm not interested in speaking. If I have to convince you that you've just been ceremonially raped as it relates to your elections in this country, you are not worth the air that I would breathe in the same room to have to try to convince you of that. And I'm not saying you're not worth air. You're God's creation. He will contend with you. I'm not casting my pearls before the swine anymore. So I'm going for captive audiences who actually realize what's happened. You may be a little stunned. It's kind of like a bird that flies into my window here, right? And you may be a little stunned, but I'm the girl that goes out and picks the bird up and pets it on the beak and prays over it, breathes into its little beak and its little two tiny nostrils. And I pray to God and I lift it in the air and I say, Father, please allow your beautiful little beast to be alive. In the name of Jesus, I declare you alive. And it flies away. That's the level of faith I have and the level of hope I have for the average voter in this country. And I don't care if you're Democrat, if you're Republican, if you're a libertarian, if you believe in lizard people, I don't care. I don't care what color you are. I don't care if you're male or female or trans or them, they, she, us. I don't care. If you are a liberty-minded individual who understands limited government, who understands rule of law and due process, who understands lower taxation, who understands the importance of national defense, come on. We got work to do. This is not a gimmick for me. This is not a spiel. But I will not cast my pearls 
and I'm a Republican, so that means something. I will not cast my pearls before the swine another second. I receive the emails. It's such a blessing to be in the position that I'm in as a commentator, as a public figure, because I'm not focused on making money. I'm not focused on that. You can ask anyone who knows me. I was, I'm not going to lie. When I lost my job, I was like, well, damn, how am I going to pay for this or for that? And I've got some money to make up for and, you know, COVID and I got a brand and I got to sell my soul to YouTube and not talk about Trump and not talk about Linwood. Those were the choices I've been faced with whenever it comes to monetizing my work. And thank God none of that ever worked out. So when I saw my other friends and colleagues in this industry take a nosedive financially because they were getting blackballed and silenced and, you know, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you think I'm going to give someone that level of control over my mouth? And I'm supposed to be a champion for freedom and exercising my First Amendment rights and your ability and and yours to defend yours, of your freedom of speech, of your freedom of religion? You really think I'm going to sign up for that crap and try to, again, waste more energy trying to figure out how to beat the system? Hell no. I'm going to go create my own system. I'm going to trust that God's going to open doors for me and create my own system of communication. And if you're too lazy to find my voice, then you get the government that you've been lazy enough to select. You're going to get what you settle for. Taking me a long time to learn that as a single woman, too. You have been abused, America. You have been abused like a battered spouse. And you just came in and found your spouse in the proverbial bed with another person in the throes of sexual intercourse. And some of you are believing the lie that what you saw isn't what you saw, that the fraud that happened is not really fraud. And you're being told to move on. And some of you are ready to do that because you don't know what's going on and you're tired. And I get it. I'm, I'm encouraging you to resist. The Bible tells us to resist the enemy and he will flee. Well, who is the enemy? The enemy of truth are lies. Your election was unequivocally stolen from you. There is more than a mountain of evidence that states that. Mike Lindell, I have not watched his documentary. I plan on doing that. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, But I have not done that yet. Matter of fact, I've had a hard time finding it um, online. I posted it initially, and then it was just vanished, boom, gone. Um, But I encourage you to watch that. You know, I'm friends with Javon Pulitzer, Uh, without a doubt. We know that his technology can uncover and has uncovered in real time that you could actually hack into a, uh, I believe it was Cobb, the day he was before the Senate uh, hearing here in Georgia. Literally one of his people, you know, just to prove a point that, yes, you, you can get online and have access really through your thermometer. This is not rocket science. Some of you are freaked out because your baby monitors, you know, your neighbors can hear you guys having sex because your baby monitors are linked up. Well, hello. I mean, anything that has access to the interwebs has access to hackers. 
It just is what it is. It's part of the digital age, the digital world. I, I think we all need to, to learn a new language called digital, cyber. These are languages that if you're going to survive and we're going to survive as a constitutional republic, these are languages we're going to have to learn to understand the warfare, the battlefield on which we find ourselves now. Because the only way for you to resist a lie is to know the truth. Now, there are multiple prongs going on right now on on the battlefield that I happen to oversee with my work. This little microcosm called the Monica Matthews Show that God's blessed me with. And I have taken some time to take some notes and and do triage and, and really assess where I am. I made a declaration yesterday on Twitter that I'm absolutely in prayer about. Matter of fact, it has actually stepped up its game. People are asking me to run for higher office than Georgia State Chair. And I happen to um, consider our current Georgia State GOP Chair uh, a friend. I actually worked hard, uh, put my time, my treasure, and my talent and a whole lot of fun, by the way. The best three parties we've, uh, that Georgia, I'm sure that the state party of Georgia's ever, Republican Party has ever encountered. And anyone listening to me who was there knows it was great. It was fantastic. We blew it out, buddy. I believe it. I have the gift of hospitality. So I'm like, let's do it. You know, let's raise some money. Let's raise some awareness and let's get the best person in for the job. Well, who knew that this is what was coming up? Who knew that the underpinnings of this election and how crucial that position was going to be in the way of raising money and, and garnering support from others? And, and really, you know, man, if anyone was going to if anyone was going to put my ball on a tee for me. Right. And, and I'm really picky about that. I play golf a lot and I play with men and I love you guys. But you ladies know who play golf. Anytime there's a sexy chick on the golf course. You know, and, and, and she's, even if we're all just friends, right? Everyone has a word of advice. Everyone has a pro tip. Everyone has a golf tip for you. So all my friends are, well, your tee is too high. Lower the tee. Use a different tee. Why are you using that club? Have you thought about putting your club face this way? Uh, what about the ball? I'm like, all right, fellas, enough. Like flag down the cart girl and leave me alone. I got this. But if anyone in the world in recent political history teed up a victory for 2020, it was President Donald J. Trump. So any chair, any precincts, any any county chairs, you know, there's no reason why we should have gone blue anywhere in the state of Georgia, to be honest with you. Now, I will say this, and a little bit of defense. Had we not had a corrupt constitutional office from from the from the rooter to the tutor, from the governor's office, lieutenant governor's office, the secretary of state's office, I'm not yet ready to throw my friend Chris Carr under the bus because I like Chris, but his office signed off on a BS agreement between the secretary of state, the DNC. You can call it capitulation. I don't really care what you call it. I'm sure the left refers to it as reparation. That's I'm sure that's some victory dance they've offered to Satan that, you know, the blood of the cross wasn't enough for reparations because we do live in like the slavery capital of the world, apparently here in Georgia. And we are not the city too busy to hate, by the way, in the city of Atlanta. We are the city too bitter to forgive. That probably got me fired too, because I'm not afraid to say those things on the air. Remember, faith. Life, politics, 
it all goes together. Impossible to separate them. Whoever you serve is who you're going to bring with you into your politics. I don't care if it's at the state capitol, if it's at city hall, if it's in our United States um, legislature, our, our Congress, the Senate, the Oval Office. You're going to bring the deity that you have submitted your mind and your heart to, to that task. And some of you are saying, well, yeah, but some people are compromised. Yes, right. And why are we easy prey for compromising? Because of Matthew 6 and 33. And also the word tells us that it's because of the lust in our hearts that we're drawn away. Every man is tempted. Jesus was tempted at every point. Every one of us are tempted. Don't tell me that you are above being compromised because you don't know if you've never been tempted with it yet. How do you know? And I'm sure if you've lived longer than 50 years on this planet, that all of you have had the temptation of becoming compromised in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's lying, it's money, it's in business, it's in your relationships, it's with, you know, gossiping, compromising your values. And some of us don't even have our values written down. I submit to you that one of the reasons why the GOP is in such a, uh, a free fall right now, and you see people all over the country saying, screw the GOP, I'm not sending a dime. If Ronna uh, Romney sends me another, you know, hey, we're looking for funds to, you know, to build the GOP, what, are, what exactly are we, are we rebuilding? Can I just ask you that? Can you just stop and meditate on that for a second? What are we rebuilding? I'm not a fan of air freshener. Anyone who's listened, who's listened to me for years knows this. This is my analogy. It's horrible. It's not very ladylike. And I'm Southern and I ask for your forgiveness in advance. But I'm not, my mother, God bless her, she loves air freshener. And the more floral, the better, right? And it just makes me nauseated. I, don't, I can't stand it. One of the reasons why is because for me, there's nothing worse than walking into a restroom after someone has, you know, done their thing. And they've just doused the whole room in air freshener as if somehow that's supposed to mitigate, you know, the fog. I'm going to keep this clean. And all it does is make it worse. It's, it's, just, it's just like, you know, rose, rose perfumed fog, <laughs> rose smelling Fog. I mean, no, just light a match. Maybe it's because I've dated, you know, military guys. And they're like, just light a match. Or my daddy taught me that. World War II veteran. Monica. Every lady should always have a book of matches in her in her, uh, in her, her clutch. <laughs> so people laugh at me because they're like, why does it smell like the house is burning down? I'm like, well, it's a long story. <laughs> just say thank you to my dad. <laughs> I am a hashtag hot mess, I know. But you got to laugh, damn it, because the Lord said that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I'm not going to walk around like a sourpuss. <laughs> so there. I'm a happy kid, even in the midst of this hell that we're all getting through. And we are walking through it. We are walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now. We're going to get through it. And he is providing his, rad, his rod and his staff, and he's comforting us. And we have streams of waters around us and lush green pastures. We just, you know, our eyes are fixed on the wrong thing. The best is yet to come. There's you some food to feed on. That's something to feed your soul with. 
from now until we actually see it manifest. But there's a lot of good around you. I received two, two dozen, I received four dozen red roses. Some of you are really bitter that I put that up on my Telegram account. And you're super bitter because you want to know who they're from. And I let you into my life, but I do have boundaries. So I'm not going to tell you who they're from because it doesn't really matter who they're from. They're beautiful. And I wanted to share them with you because I want to remind you to stop and smell the roses. In the midst of hell, God is there with us. King David said so. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there with me. Don't ever let somebody tell you that's not true and that he's going to abandon us and he will abandon you and that the president has somehow abandoned all of us too. Please don't believe that. Resist. Those are lies. Look at the body of his work over his presidency. If you're not happy with him pre-presidency, you have to look at promises made, promises kept. Linwood, one of my closest friends now, love him, respect him. I honor him with my words and with my time. And I do that because he's a truth speaker and the body of his work over his lifetime speaks for itself. If you are tempted to question the lies that are coming to you right now, if you're, if you're tempted to receive them and take them in and feast upon them, Regarding President Trump walking off the field, I want to encourage you right now, hashtag resist. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Look at the body of his work. Does he strike you as someone who would walk off the field and leave his work undone? No. Back to air freshener. The GOP right now has a giant bottle of the cheapest dollar store, what the heck is that smell, air freshener, that they want you to spray all over this election, which is nothing but a giant mound of dung. They want you to spray over it and just keep moving. Move on. Oh, Brian, Brian Kemp started that mess just a few months, just last month. It's time for us to move on You know, we've done all we could. No, actually, you didn't. I'm sorry. I don't recall a special session that you absolutely should and could have called. I don't remember that. As a matter of fact, I remember Jeff Duncan's office bloviating over the fact that they beat the hell out of people and uh, stripped them of their uh, position and their authority within the Senate because they actually called for constitutional measures that the legislature has purview over. Punished. Republicans punishing Republicans, and these guys think they've gotten away with it, and they need you to say amen to their lies. I don't know what I'm going to talk about with these ladies. For, I mean, maybe I'm teeing it up now, but I got 200 women to go cheer on in a couple, in about an hour, so I got to go soon. <laughs> but um, I need you to hear me. I need you to listen to me. Matthew 6.33, and I'm going to close with this. It is because of avarice that we fall into temptation. And it's because a lot of the body of the church, 3% of Christians read their Bible. So you guys don't know what's in it. I'm not, I'm not going to chide you for that. I'm just going to tell you that you are leaving yourself and this country vulnerable to become prey. And that's obvious because that's what's happened. And God is showing us that now. 
So if you don't know the truth, you don't know what the lie is to resist. I mean, it's just very basic. Two plus two is four, right? It's like not doing your due diligence before walking into a business meeting. And to someone who wants to acquire your business and you care about your employees and, but you don't do your homework and your due diligence on the company that wants to devour you. You know nothing about them. You're just like, oh, the dollars look good. Avarice. You got to check yourself for avarice. What is that? Greed. Covetousness. It's believing that God won't provide for you. And in Matthew 6, 33, the word tells us that if you seek God, and this is where the church leaves this out, if you seek God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you know, that he'll add all these things unto you. Well, hold up, back up, stop. First seek ye God, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. And what are all these things? Jesus was saying to us, what are you so worried about? Why do you worry about what you're going to eat? Why do you worry about what you're going to wear? Think about that, the industrial complex of fashion. And listen, I'm a chick and I'm a girly chick and I'm also kind of a tomboy. I'm a country girl and a city girl and a European girl, all wrapped into one. And so I like it all. Um, So I'm not hating on the fashion industry by any stroke of the imagination. But when it becomes an idol and something that shifts and moves cultures away from what's important, that causes us to become um, envious and covetous and idolatrous of things and people, and we start to worry. And Jesus's point was, listen, the kingdom of heaven is more than raiment for the the body, more than raiment. So why are you worried about what you're going to wear? If God clothes the lilies in their splendor, comparatively speaking to King Solomon, who was the most adorned king ever, and God looks at the, the, the splendor of a lily and says, that's mine. I created that, the colors, the texture, the tapestry, the purpose, which was to glorify me and to bring me pleasure, which is you. You are God's tapestry. You are his precious creation. He will provide for every need you have. I am not telling you that as a preacher who's gone to theological school. I could give a rip about theology school. I am a woman who has gone through hell and back. And and back through again of my own making usually, but with life's circumstances as a widowed woman at 28 years of age with a three-year-old bi-ethnic daughter in the South who lost all of our inheritance to a scheme, who lost every dime I had left in the stock market, who should have been homeless and wasn't by the grace of God, who had to humble myself and apply the word of God, and ask my church, and ask other people, and accept help. I couldn't work. My daughter was sick. We got struck with a chronic illness that was super deadly for her. It could have been. She nearly lost her three or four times throughout her life already. She's only 24 years old. My faith in telling you with certainty that Matthew 6.33 is absolutely true is because I've lived it. And I remember I told you, I'm only an expert in one thing, and that's my life. And I'm telling you, 
that when God says, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and don't covet and don't idolize. You don't have to because I got you. Use your gifts and talents. You assess what I've placed down inside of you. Honor me, seek me with all of your heart and soul and mind. And I will show you things that are so big and so great. You will never, you would have never thought in a million years that you could be the person in that position, that you could be that successful. I'm sure Dr. Ben Carson didn't think that, and I love him. I've had him on my show several times. Precious. I would have voted for him for president actually, but I knew that that wasn't going to be a good fit because he's actually, he's just, he's precious. I mean, not the president Trump's not, you know what I'm saying? It, the candor wasn't there. And I'm like, man, we need an ass kicker. I'm not going to lie. Cause we're up against some real demons and I love Dr. Carson. He's an ass kicker in his own right, but, but he's so gentle and he's so hopeful. And I love that. He's a thoughtful man that matters. And he was raised in, in, conditions that most people make excuses around, but his mama loved the Lord. And when you raise your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, there's nothing that cannot be accomplished for the kingdom of God through them. Nothing. And if you're 50 or 60 years old and you're listening to the sound of my voice and you feel like you've missed the boat entirely, I'm here to tell you resist. That's a lie. The truth says you haven't even begun to explore the riches and the glory that God wants to bestow upon you. And when I say riches, I'm not talking prosperity gospel, although I'm not scared of wealth and you shouldn't be either because God's not scared of wealth. What he warns us is not to worship the feet of mammon. And the number one driving force to doing that is accusation against God and fear that he will not provide for us. And I'm telling you right now, you need to resist that. That is a lie. That is how we got here. We idolize things that do not lead us into liberty, America. They just don't. You don't believe me? Turn on your news. Something that Lynn tells me nearly daily, because I'm good at teaching this stuff and somewhat preaching it, but there there have been moments throughout all of this that I'm like, okay, what it would you know, I start thinking about, well, what am I going to do about this? Or, or I wonder what the president thought of with this, or I wonder what the military is doing with this. Right. And Lynn's like, okay, sufficient to the day is, is the evil thereof. Do the next right thing and tomorrow will take care of itself. That is part of Matthew 6 and 33. And that is exactly how he lives his life. And it's been a very big Testament to me and mine. Because it is very easy to look around the landscape of the world in this nation right now with every real or imagined executive order coming out of this administration. And some of you are like, holy crap, we're not going to make it through this. And you're being enticed. You're being seduced to take to the streets and start killing your neighbors. And I'm telling you, I've warned you about that. Get out of the vacuum. Get out of the vacuum. Return to your faith. God will give you the steps that need to be taken in order to reclaim his territory in this earth. And I guarantee you it is not going to involve bloodshed because that's not what we've been called to. He is a God of ideas. He is a God of power and of might. He is a God of substance. He is a God of liberty and justice. He is a God of peace. 
And sometimes in order to get over to peace, you go through the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus did. And he, and he descended down into hell and he looked at Satan and he said, those are mine. And he took the keys of death and he suffered all of our sin and shame and humiliation and separation from our father, all the doubt, all the avarice, all the envy, the gluttony, the jealousy, the covetousness, the murder, all of it, the bitterness, the unforgiveness. He took all of that into himself, onto himself, and was separated from an all-holy father and loving father. And he said, give me those keys, those are mine. And he ascended into the heavens where he sat down at the right hand of his father and our father. And the word says that we are seated in him. Now, I want you to go on about your night and I want you to know that in the spirit, this is a mystery. You are, if you have professed Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are seated in the heavenlies above every enemy and foe of your liberty, of justice. You are seated in Christ Jesus, forgiven, washed, atoned for. You are redeemed. You are repaired. You ha- your, your life is equal. You matter. He knows the, the number of hairs on your head. He fashions you. He knows every single member of your body, every cell. And he sees you and he has not forgotten you. So I want you to pray for ideas. I want you to pray for peace. I want you to enjoy your children, your wives, your husbands, your coworkers, your neighbors. Get out and enjoy people in relationship. God is a relational father. Stop being afraid. Stop complaining and grumbling and worrying. There are going to be other steps to be taken in the coming days with regard to your legislatures, your parties, the steps that you can take to take your states back. There's only a remnant here in Georgia. I don't mean to discourage you, but there are, there's only a remnant of folks who understand what's just happened to the country, who have the tenacity and the godliness to stare it in the face and say, okay, this is the reality. Now, how do we march forward while dealing with the corruption? How do we set the stage while simultaneously dealing with bad actors in our state? And some of you are way smarter than I am. So if you have ideas, send them my way. I would love to hear it. This is going to be a team effort. But as you look around the landscape of your leadership in the state of Georgia, I'm just here to tell you they are running with their butts on fire away from anything President Trump, away from Marjorie Taylor Greene, because they're just, you know, too classy for all that. This is our chance to get the party back from the Trumpsters, negating the fact that there are over, I believe, to be 100 million, but 80 million people who voted for President Donald J. Trump. But that's what happens whenever your eyes are filled with avarice and you're compromised. First seek ye the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Amen. Amen. I'm tired. I got to go talk for another two hours. I love you. You guys pray for me. 
So grateful to be here with you. I'll keep you posted on my political whatever the Lord's going to have me do. And it may just be to sit this one out. I don't know, but I'll let you know. It's been good hanging out with you. You know where to find me. Share, 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 share my work. I love you. Follow me on Telegram. I do a lot there. Okay. D. Monica Matthews. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. 